wherever your alarm goes off. All over this amazing place we call home, it doesn't get any better than this. Well, it could. We just don't have the budget. Broadcasting live and local, this is Lee Faulkner on 864 Triple M. And welcome to the podcast edition where you get to catch up on some of the things that you might have missed in the show throughout the week or perhaps you want to listen to again and some of the things didn't quite make it to air. Uh, We've got plenty of things coming up for you, including a bit of a laugh with You Can't Be Serious, a fantastic massive event involving barbecue meat and country music. It's on the way to the Garden City. We're looking forward to that. Uh, There's also a lot of movement around the Lockyer Valley and a uh, massive game changer down there, uh, giving a real future to the uh, Lockyer Valley food bowl farmers. So we're going to talk about that uh, coming up in the podcast. And uh, on a, uh, thank God it's a Friday and our flock of 80s Friday. Uh, We play a little thing called the Generation Game. Now, normally we pit a audience member against producer Rob. He uh, wasn't alive in the 80s, so we find out if you know more about the 80s than him. Uh, This week, though, I've had my son George in doing work experience, and so we thought we'd put the audience member up against George, who most definitely wasn't around in the 80s, and this is what happened when we did 80s sport. Duncan and George, your name is your buzzer. I'll ask the question. We do have some multiple choice, so you, but you can chime in any time you think you know the answer and use your name as your buzzer. Are we ready to go? Sure am. Let, yep, let her rip. Let's do it. In 1982, Brisbane hosted the Commonwealth Games with Matilda, the giant mascot, grabbing global attention. What type of animal? Duncan. Yes, Duncan? Giant kangaroo. It was a giant kangaroo. <laughs> Any idea, George? Had you seen the giant kangaroo, Matilda, winking? No it clue. Went... No, okay. Uh, this is an easy one for you, Duncan. You're going to kill this. Here we go. Question number two. Everyone was talking about Australia 2 in 1983. After Australia beat the Yanks to win which famous... Duncan. Yes, the America's Duncan. Cup. The America's Duncan. Cup is right. He's killing you. <laughs> He's killing you. All right, one more go here. One more go here. Becoming a three-time world champ in the 1980s, which boxer was known as the Marrickville Mauler? Duncan. (laughs) I haven't even got to the the, uh, uh, the, uh, multiple choice. Uh, Yes, Duncan? Jeff Fennick. Jeff and him. I love yous all. Fennick. Have you heard of any of this? I mean, you I know was going to say Cup. Jeff Fenning, but I couldn't get in in time. You couldn't get in in time. Your buzzer's just not working. Uh, <laughs> just for just for giggles, uh, the last uh, couple of questions. Aussie cricket was condemned uh, in the eighties, uh, particularly by Richie Benno after a game against New Zealand in which a chapel George. brother. Oh, what did he do? Underarm ball. Underarm bowling. You finally got one. And the Canberra Cannons defeated the North Melbourne Giants to win the finals of which sport in 1988? It was basketball. He towed you up, mate. 4-1. Duncan, you're a champion and you have won the generation game. You've got yourself the Triple M merchandise pack. I'm going to throw a heap of goodies in there, including the exclusive 1 of 100 uh, stubby cooler with my cartoon character face on it. Well done, buddy. Thank you for playing. Thank you very much. Enjoyed it immensely. You cannot be serious! Yes, I'm serious. And we all know the old toast when celebrating a thank God it's Friday with a few bevvies. A rich man lives in a castle, a poor man lives by the sea, but a whiskey glass that I shoved up my ass, a home sweet home to me. 
Wait, what? Oh, yeah, this. Doctors were left baffled after finding a whole whiskey glass inside the stomach of a 55-year-old man who claims he simply swallowed the vessel while having a drink. The patient was admitted to a hospital in India with constipation and severe abdominal pain. He underwent an ultrasound and X-ray in which doctors located a serious disturbance in his intestines. Much to their shock, that disturbance turned out to be a whole glass. And this is where the poor bloke probably really needed a drink because doctors first decided to try and remove the tumbler through his Kyber pass, but had no such luck. The embarrassed patient claims he simply swallowed the glass while having a couple of hard ones, although doctors aren't convinced due to the food pipe being too narrow for the object to pass through, leaving only one explanation and some serious splaining to do when it comes to the missus. I hope it wasn't from the good set you keep in the buffet and hutch for guests. Anyway, Dr Hassan, head of the team of operating doctors, said how the glass got inside the body of the said patient is still a mystery. No, how they got funding to make another Indiana Jones with an 80-year-old Harrison Ford is a mystery. I think we can all imagine how the glass got there. And it seems old mate wasn't alone. Another patient in the same hospital was found to have put six toy horses where the sun don't shine. Doctors say he's in a stable condition. You cannot be serious! favourite time of the week, that's because we get to talk about all things food and this time, a fantastic event something that is huge that is coming to Toowoomba in April and this will be uh, absolutely ideal for foodies and music lovers of all ages of course, this is the one and only Meatstock, it's a massive music and barbecue festival that's making its way around the country and I'm talking about it with Kristen O'Brien from Dine Darling Downs Good morning. Good morning, Lee. This is really exciting, this event, isn't it? I just can't wait for this one. That's going to be absolutely huge. As I say, it's food and music. It certainly is food and music. And, like, we really love a good barbecue. There's no doubt about it. But this festival is taking it to a whole new level. The Meatstock event, it's going to be massive. It's held on April 8th and 9th here at the Toowoomba Showgrounds. And it's literally going to be jam-packed for two full days of live music, low and slow grilling, barbecues, food trucks, cooking demos and competitions with some of the world's most prestigious barbecue pit masters. They'll be showcasing their skills at this event. And you love this stuff, Lee. Oh, I'll be putting my hand up as an unofficial judge. Don't worry about that. (laughs) Yes, quality controller. (laughs) Uh, And Beatstock, of course, will be headlined by some of Australia's great country music artists. So we're talking the likes of Lee Kernigan, the Wolf Brothers, uh, Cass Hopeton, uh, Casey Barnes, just to name a few. In fact, if we named all the artists that are coming, we'd be here for half an hour. We would be. It's a huge lineup. Massive. And there's definitely some of my favourites. There are lovely Kerning and I love all of them actually. And um, look, back to the food and drinks. There's so much happening over mm. this particular weekend. Dan and Steph from My Kitchen Rules will be there cooking up a storm. If you're over 18, which you and I might just be a little bit over 18, <laughs> um, then there's numerous bars and beer gardens that will be set up uh, for um, for the grown-ups. And so many fascinating demonstrations, including the meat stock battles. Now, this is a bit interesting. Yeah. That includes the Australian Butcher Wars, the Steak Wars and the Barbecue Wars. And these will all take place on what they're calling 
the meat stock battlefield. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> amazing. I'm interested to know uh, what a beard and mow war entails, to be honest, because as you know, I sport a beard. Uh, so I'm, uh, I'm only too happy to be uh, a part of that. Uh, I know you're keen on it, although you don't sport the beard or mow. Well, not today. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously. But you never know. Um, I could go into training. But it, it is definitely, um, it's, I've never heard of this before. So no. I did have a bit of a chuckle when I saw that. And I thought, well, that's something interesting and um, very different. So there's certainly going to be lots happening at Meatstock. Oh, food, music, good fun, beard and mo wars. Uh, everything is there. And uh, tickets are available online. Is that right? That's right. Tickets available online at meatstock.com.au. So get on and book yours soon because I'm pretty sure, Lee, that this event will yeah. sell out really quickly. Oh, no doubt about that. Uh, and you can even camp on site, make a weekend of it. Uh, all the details about Meatstock is at meatstock.com.au. And so if you want to know what's happening in and around the Darling Downs and the food scene, well, you head to dinedarlingdowns.com.au and you listen here on a Friday morning to Friday Foodies. Kristen O'Brien, thank you for your time and have a great weekend. You too, Lee. Uh, this is just such a fantastic story. I remember talking to uh, the Mayor of the Lockyer Valley, Tanya Milligan, about this concept uh, some time ago. And earlier this year, the Queensland Government approved the formation of the Lockyer Fruit and Vegetable Limited Cooperative uh, and this canning uh, processing uh, unit uh, that they are looking to put down there is going to be an absolute Game changer. Colin Dorber uh, joins me in the studio. He's braved the conditions this morning. I'm assuming you have the tinny out there, mate. <laughs> Good morning, Phil. I know I didn't bring an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, all right. This is uh, this is massive. I mean, this is such a, a big thing for your part of the region, for the Lockyer Valley region. Uh, not only the jobs that will be created in the, in the building of this processing company, but also the ongoing security, I would imagine, for the local farmers to have that ability to take it from planting, uh, picking, and then processing it and getting it on the shelves. I mean, what, what does that mean to that community? Well, it's been a 12-year project, and what it fundamentally means is that we will now have the first ever cannery fruit and vegetable processing facility built in Queensland in the last 60 years. Wow. It means that if you're a farmer in the Lockyer Valley, the Darling Downs, uh, the Scenic Rim, You'll be able to sell your product to us or partner with us as a supplier. Yes. And instead of using maybe 40% of what you grow and having to dispose of the rest, 100% of your product can be processed. Right now, we're developing a beetroot powder product. Wow. Uh, we're in the middle of acquiring one of the farms in the middle of Lockyer Valley. Yes. And we've got a 54-hectare site at Withcott, which we've leased for 40 years with a right to buy. Wow. The development application's underway, and Tanya's council, I'm hoping, will get it through as quickly as possible. But we're talking 120, 140 jobs year one, 400 jobs by year four. High Jeez. technology. The world tells us that you can't manufacture in Australia. Well, I was going to ask about that well, because obviously yeah. people would say, "But oh, you know, uh, how long before it ends up offshore somewhere or whatever?" But but that's not the case. Well, more importantly, it can't go offshore because the whole reason I've uh, sought and got approval to establish a cooperative is that its number one function as a cooperative is to invest its shareholders' money in the cannery. So we're looking at 20,000 Queenslanders putting 1,000 bucks each in yes. and becoming the owners of shares and controlling whoever buys uh, the fruit and vegetable processing facility in the future. And under the cooperative rules, you need 75% 
of 20,000 and hopefully growing to 100,000 people to agree to sell, and we don't want that. Everybody says to me, Australia for Australia, Australian products, yep. grown, processed, and further processed and manufactured. We're going to have a powder plant. We're going to have a frozen line. Uh, we're going to have a juicing line. We're going to have a cannery, which will be all of the world's best technology. So by using the best technology, we don't have to have cheap, nasty labour. We'll yeah. give good jobs to good people for a long time, and our labour costs are only 15% of our whole budget. It's an $80 million first-stage build. Um, first year's profits are estimated to be, in a full year, about $7.5 million. Wow. And we're committed to spending a chunk of that in this region. Already I've got three companies here in Toowoomba working with me after 12 years on marketing, strategic design. We've got the architects up here working on the actual final plan and look of the buildings. Uh, it's going to be a great project and not just a food processing facility, a tourist facility, a centre for school okay. visitation, um, a place where people can actually come and like the old, if you all remember the old Golden Circle cannery yes. at Northcote. Yes, well, I've absolutely. Learnt, I'm a pommy, but I've learnt that in Queensland, you can't grow up if you don't go to the cannery at Northgate. Yes. It's part of your school absolutely life. Absolutely right. I, I just want to come back to the, the, the point you made. 40% of what they grow now is what's being used. So what happens to the other 60%? Well, it, it, it just gets yeah. dug in because they can't get it out to where it needs to go and they, they, they end up just losing it. I think the real, let's use beetroot as a really good example because that's how this war started. Um, beetroot was sold to Golden Circle. So when Heinz popped off to New Zealand and said goodbye to the beetroot industry, uh, all they were left with was a very limited fresh market. So all of a sudden, potentially 30,000 tonnes a year of beetroot became 3,000 tonnes. So this project mm. says, if you're going to grow beetroot, and we want 7,000 tonnes of it this year, we're going to use 100% of the beetroot. We're going to use the stalk. We're going to use the leaves. We're going to produce powder. Okay. Um, we're going to can, not this stage, but in stage two, we're going to can beetroot like we used to have. Um, and, but we're going to make sure that what you grow, you can use. At the moment, everybody grows and harvests at the same time. So the wow. competition is really hard to sell. Now you'll be able to supply us 365 days a year. All right. So just wrapping up then, uh, this obviously is a game changer. This is something that I know people are going to want to get involved in. How, where do people go to get information on how they can be uh, a part of this by you know, uh, taking up one of those shares that are on offer right now? Well, they can look up the fruit, uh, sorry, the Lockyer Valley Fruit and Vegetable Company on Facebook. Yes. And it's got a link directly to the application form. Yep. They can go to the website. Or they can ring me. My number's on that site, my mobile number, my office number. Uh, and, and basically, it's a simple process. You fill in the form. You buy one share for $1,000 or one for every member of your family and all your relatives and friends. Yeah. And you have one vote. And you are suddenly part of a, a, of a process that will deliver jobs, uh, certainty, well-paying jobs, and a marketplace where we can triple the amount of vegetables grown in the Lockyer Valley and surrounding regions within three years. 
Absolutely fantastic. Well, congratulations on sticking with it over 12 long years, I can only imagine, and now coming to fruition. The Lockyer Valley Fruit and Vegetable Company. Look it up, Google it. You'll find very easily. I did the Facebook page, the website, and all the details you need to get involved and be a part of this bit of history for our part of the world. Uh, Colin, thank you very much for your time this morning and your persistence. And thank you particularly for letting me come and talk to you. Absolute pleasure. It was lovely to meet you. You cannot be serious! Yes, I'm serious and conspiracy theorist. You know, the people who sent you random factless articles from TikTok about how COVID was really a scam thought up by the lizard Illuminati to take control of the world and leave us all living in some sort of post-apocalyptic dystopia akin to a George Orwell novel. Well, they rarely need much encouragement to dream up a new crazy rumour, particularly now a cashless society and 5G-laced vaccines seem to be off the table. Soon after an announcement from Buckingham Palace that Her Majesty the Queen had caught COVID-19 and was scaling back her day schedule, people in the wilder corners of the internet started theorising that the 95-year-old monarch had died and her death had been covered up. Rumour mongers didn't even wait for the COVID announcement, with posts dating back to at least mid-December, and a few of the more imaginative rumour mongers speculating that Her Majesty's Christmas message might have been an AI-powered deepfake. But the wild rumour reached fever pitch this week, with some US-based social media users latching onto the London Bridge's downside secret code phrase expected to be used in official circles immediately after Her Majesty's death. Except being mainly Americans, they don't actually know what the London Bridge looks like and have been posting photos of its more photogenic cousin, the Tower Bridge instead, which slightly undermines their claim to have secret inside knowledge of what's going on inside the royal family. But despite the rumour being roundly debunked, some are still convinced that Her Majesty has left the building. But you know what? I really miss the good old days when well-meaning entertainment reporters with actual facts broke the bad news to us. Jeff Goldblum fell from a cliff to his death while filming in New Zealand. Okay, maybe not that. In recent um, times, Leonard Cohen passing away. I mean, it's just been David Bowie. Don Henley didn't die. Don Henley's well alive. I can assure you. In fact, it's it's um, (laughs) it's it's really. Oh, all right. You cannot be serious. (laughs) 